Hi, you're listening to Community Radio. This is 8CCC FM 102.1 in Alice Springs and Tennant Creek. And this is Kitchen Radio, a new show all about seasonal food, what's growing here in your local community and what to do with it in your kitchen. Hello. Uh, welcome to Kitchen Radio Episode 3. I'm Rita Katoni and I'm here with my co-host Beck Goodrum. And we're going out on 8CCC 102.1 FM here in Alice Springs and in Tennant Creek. Hello, Beck. Good afternoon, Rita. Hello. <laughs> How's it going? We're feeling, oh. um, we're feeling slightly anxious with show number three today. We are. We, we are a little bit. We've done a lot of preparation, but that doesn't necessarily mean... We talked about uh, ingredients for ingredients. half of the day. And yes. We might be a bit talked out now. Possibly. Let's get on with it. Well, let's start off with what's in season, as we have been doing every week. Yeah. So um, I've just been down at the community garden, actually, and I know you were visiting there earlier this week, too. So uh, for those of you, as I say, that have got their eye on the gardens around town at the moment, you'll be knowing that uh, gardens are in absolute full crank. So uh, leafy greens are absolutely going off. Spinach, kale, lettuce, uh, you name it. It seems to be cranking in the gardens for, this, for the leafy greens. Also a whole lot of herbs. Uh, if you're growing, uh, if you're interested in cauliflower and broccoli, those sort of things, they're all starting now to bolt and go to seed. So pick them and eat them quick, 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 quick. If you've got a nice shady spot, then uh, I guess you'll get a bit more time out of the season. But this warm weather, they'll be all going to seed very quickly now. A lot of the Asian greens, the same, uh, will bolt to seed as soon as we get these uh, these warm these hot days the beginning of uh, spring I guess it is Um, but one thing I did notice Rita that's delicious that often we don't uh, think about is that in this lovely spring weather so many flowers and you know they're mostly all edible well I don't know mostly but certainly the ones growing in the community garden but so many flowers are edible and such a lovely part of the plant to eat are you talking about vegetable flowers? Like yeah. when, when vegetables go to flower and you yeah, can actually but eat them? Also, also the, the obvious ones, the, you know, the, the, the marigolds. muffler everywhere. Oh, and, yeah, not that, but <laughs> like the marigolds, the garden flowers I'm talking about. Oh, okay, the, yeah. The marigolds and the, uh, <laughs> the uh, nasturtiums and the um, violets, I think, yes. are edible. There's a whole lot of edible ones. And they're just like the garden is so beautifully full of bees and flowers at the moment. Certainly, of course, there's all the, the acacias and aeromophilas. Yeah. I don't know whether they're edible. I guess they are. I think someone gave me an aeromophila to eat last week. But on that point about um, of flowers, <laughs> of flowers being edible, can you know, you can actually eat the flowers of broccoli and coriander and any of that fruit and vegetable when it comes to flour. Like I yeah. used to think that, oh, it's flowering, you can't eat it. But you can go ahead and use the flowers either as decoration or in your salad or just yeah. go ahead and eat it as vegetable. Yum, yum, yum. I remember last year um, actually uh, with Food for Alice, there was a um, Esther, shout out to Esther there, brought in these incredible floral posies which were sort of about two foot round. I'm not exaggerating. They were so massive, these floral posies, and they had it was all edible. So they had loads of flowers in them, but also you know heads of broccoli and uh, lots of leafy greens and so on. And they were just incredible. Pretty much never seen anything like that. But they actually um, were difficult to sell, I think, because people felt so overwhelmed by that quantity of you know foodstuffs and what to do with it. I think it's quite incredible. So we put it in a vase and then you eat it all week. Just yeah. enjoy it like it's flowers. We go to people go to the florist and buy them just to look at. Why not eat why not put your vegetables in a vase and look at them? Yes. Uh. So last the last few weeks we've done citrus and I think neither of us really feel that we've finished with citrus. We just have a little bit more citrus today and then we'll move on to today's special ingredient. There's still citrus on the trees, that's the problem. I know. Yeah. And citrus we haven't talked about. As in the broad 
the broad category. Well, we haven't talked about any of those um, little citrus that you've got sitting no, there today. No, we yeah. did at all. Yeah, we did touch on them, but I, I just um, caught up with with somebody who I think who'd probably like to be unnamed. But anyway, thank you, Matthew, for sharing your desert limes from your garden. Um, we did have actually some in at Food for Alice pretty recently. Oh, we did speak about that. Yeah, but yeah. we haven't actually had sort of desert limes in here. Yeah, pretty recently we had some in at Food for Alice. We had a, a donor who donated a kilo of them to um, Food for Alice, and they they went really well, but they created a lot of interesting conversation around the tabletop, of course, about what they were and what to do with them. But they're yeah. pretty gorgeous-looking So fruit. just to describe them, they're really small. They're about the size of an olive. Yeah. And they're, I've got a reddish. A In fact, o- I think there's an olive. olive that looks like that, sort of except for the pitted exterior. Like a big and olive or like a little Easter egg. <laughs> That's Rita eating on air. Um, what did you, oh, they're really just nice to eat by they themselves. Are, they're delicious. Did you do anything special when you took no, some home? No, I think people, the go-to that people have for them is because they look so gorgeous mm. is for putting in drinks. Yep. So dressing up your alcoholic or non-alcoholic drinks, whatever you like, but soda water or whatever it might be, because they just look so beautiful. The colour is this deep uh, reddy orange colour inside, like a blood orange, I guess, but but, you know, cute and little. But I think, yeah, probably I'd, it would be great to talk to someone who has made any sort of, you know, things out of them, like relishes or marmalades or whatever it might be, but I'm sure people have. What I did learn tonight is that they're not, which is probably obvious in hindsight, but they're not, um, as far as I understand, they're not a, a native fruit at all in the sense that it's, it's a hybrid, so they've been oh, okay. cultivated um, off, you know, off standard citrus rootstock. And oh, okay. Yeah, we're in Australia, so we get to call them Australian desert limes and so on. But they're definitely not a native bush food. Like the finger lime, which is a native bush food, I, I think. I think so. <laughs> Damn it, we'll have to research that. <laughs> but did you go and actually um, harvest those desert limes yeah. from the tree? You saw the tree? I did, and I and fo- how, photographed them. Oh, wow. How abundant was the tree? Yeah, well, it's at the end of its season now, so there's less fruit on it than there has been. And it's only it was only quite a small tree, I guess. Perhaps, um, I don't know, the size of one of your aeromufflers, I guess. But... I don't know how you describe That's quite small, yeah. Height. Yeah. So a little baby one. Apparently um, Matt said they're, they're pretty hard to get going, uh, but he's, he's planted a whole series and this one's taken off pretty well. So it's, you know, now sitting fairly established. But And it was quite, you know, very, very thorny little number. It actually reminded me of the native, you know, like the native orange, bush orange and caperberry that we have here. But it's not the same family at all, but um, very small leaf and covered in little thorns. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I bet, I'm sure the butterflies love it. They love all the thorny things, don't they? Well, you've they? got a few for us. So um, I actually froze the last ones because I was so worried that I wouldn't see them again and I yeah. wanted to sort of preserve them Yes. so that I could use them later on. You've done that very well in your freezer now. I have Never done to that. be seen again. Um, so on that matter of abundance, <laughs> we've been speaking to a lot of different people about what you do when you've got uh, a lot of something mm. and a lot of people have a lot of citrus. Yeah. And I was talking to Laurentia Grant who also does a show here on ACCC and she had some really good stories to tell about abundance and her um, very abundant orange tree. I like this one about neighbourhood connections. Yeah so we might have a listen to uh, Laurentia talking about what she does with her abundant orange tree. I love this tree in particular the one in the front yard. It's got a really nice shape. Yeah and this one gets picked by the local people so people know that I'm not going to bite their head off if they come into my yard, even when I'm not here. So I've had little Aboriginal kids climb to the top branches and get the top fruit. I often have a supply of bags for people if they don't have their own bags. So often I come home from work and I notice that all the tree, all the fruit that's at 
arm's reach is disappearing. And I've even had, um, when I worked at Mental Health Association, there's an Aboriginal man there and said, oh, Lorenzo, I just want you to know those oranges that in your front yard are absolutely delicious. Um, so it's, I kind of like that, that people know where they can safely pick fruit and they don't have to worry about whether it's their fruit or I just figure it's the neighbourhood's fruit. So people don't need to even knock on the door? Sometimes I'll knock on the door. Some people are polite and they just say, you know, is it all right if we pick the fruit? And I'm, I just give them some bags. Some people say, can you mind the bag? I'm just going down to the north side shops and we'll come back and pick it up. Um, some people have given me gifts uh, as a way to say thank you for the fruit. So one time I had a great big pumpkin left on my doorstep with a little note saying, I, you know, thanks for the bag of oranges or lemons or whatever it was. One time I had a painting. Uh, Aboriginal person has left a painting for me as an exchange, which was lovely. I've had notes left in the letterbox. Um, Thank you for the fruit. We use the lemons. Uh, I've had a note to say, I've been passing your front yard on my way to work every day and I noticed that your front tree is going to be full of oranges soon and I just wanted to ask if I'm able to come over and I've got plans for making, uh, you know, marmalade or something like that. So, and I live in this house just up the street. So I've had conversations with people about you're welcome to pick them, take them. I sometimes bag them up and just put them out the front of the house um, and they're always gone, which is great. I take them to work. Um, you were asking earlier about food not going to waste and when some of the fruit's a bit manky. Julia Burke used to invite me out to feed her camels with the fruit that's gone a bit off. Not so much that's off, you know, not really rank. <laughs> but um, the camels absolutely loved citrus. So I used to bag up old mandarins that had dropped on the ground and I would get camel poo in exchange for fruit. I take them to work. Uh, we have a program at the moment that picks up kids that live in town camps and they go out to play footy at Albrecht Oval and Traeger Park. They're kids that can't often get to sport because they don't have transport and don't have money. Uh, so they love oranges. They absolutely love them. And they love them especially when they're soft. So when you first pick them, especially in the winter when the mornings are really cold, the fruit's quite hard. But if you leave them for a few days, and especially if you leave them out in the sun, they'll go softer, easier to peel. And do you prefer um, navels or valencias? Uh, I prefer the navels, but other people who've lived in this house <laughs> prefer the valencias. And I get called Valencia. I was going to say, it's Valencia and Lorenzo. Yeah, a, so some people say, there. it's Valencia, isn't it? And I say, mm, it's close, it's Lorencia. <laughs> hey, thanks, Lorencia, very much for sharing those wonderful stories of what you do in Alice Springs with so many oranges. And it just makes you really... It makes me feel really good about Alice Springs as a community when you hear stories like that. I'm sure there is a town full of those stories, and it's I, yeah, I agree, it's fabulous. We should have a um, set up our own like flag system if there's like a 
uh, an abundance, know, a green flag or a rainbow flag hanging over the fence, and it's like help yourself. Yeah, <laughs> because uh, often I think it is. Yeah, there's such an abundance hanging over the fence of different citrus or mulberries in the season or whatever it might be, and I think probably loads of people don't mind sharing. But uh, anyway, yeah, maybe that's part yeah. of the fun is sneak is you know jumping on your roof rack and getting one from the back back lane. <gasps> Does it taste that much better if you um Yes, if you stolen apples are the sweetest and all that. Maybe. So in terms of recipes, we did mention already last week that great salad which includes oranges or other citrus yeah. and fennel and um, you can also put into that um, feta and olives. And so that while we're um, while we're talking about oranges and fennel i'm thinking we've exhausted citrus are you all right to sort of move on from citrus i think we should segue into something with citrus which is the of course the fennel fennel because the salads <laughs> segue and why and not just fennel vegetable but also fennel seed and um why i wanted to do fennel was because i was at um food for alice last week where yes. there was lots of abundance yeah. probably a little bit less abundance than in other weeks but still quite a lot of abundance yeah. there yeah. was there Absolutely. were eggs and there was lots of leaf greens and shallots and there was fennel yes um the happy farmer's fennel which is this beautiful little fennel and uh, i bought some of that fennel and then i went to a fruit and vegetable shop in alice springs and they also had fennel well what was called fennel um for a really good price like two dollars but it didn't look like the same vegetable in fact the fennel um at premium peat was this big white bulbous fennel and the fennel we got from happy farm i got from happy farmer was this long thin um beautiful sort of with lovely green fronds we call them fronds on the end and i wanted to know are these mm. different are they the same are yeah. they the same sort of fennel is one a wild fennel and is one a um a something rather fennel which is actually the a florence fennel a native desert fennel possibly but you do get fennel in melbourne just growing along the railway line mm. so in some places it's actually a, a weed a weed yeah yeah it's yeah. a garden escapee i guess yeah. Um, do you ever cook with fennel or just eat fennel? I reckon I, I mean, I definitely have cooked with it. It's not, it's not something that I would, you know, seek out like I have to get fennel in my fridge each week. It's one of those vegetables that I might buy and then let sit in the bottom of the fridge for a week or so and mm. try and think of something really yummy to do with it. But I do think it's fabulous. And certainly, um, you know, if I was hitchhiking along the railroad tracks, I'd be chewing on a fennel stick. Yeah. No, or, no or doubt Or possibly about it. they'll be flowering and <laughs> you'll have fennel seeds. That's right. Yeah, no, I think it's a delicious vegetable and I, I'm very much into aromatics, so I, I love the, yeah. the scent slash flavour of it. My first memory of eating fennel is actually raw with a really good olive oil and salt and it's yeah. still my favourite way to eat fennel because you get that beautiful crunch. And would you, if you were doing that, Rita, would you, because these, I mean, this this Florence fennel. The, yep, the, this big the, white bulbous the, one the missing big its ones, fronds. So the, the bottom part of that bulb is absolutely huge. Like, would, yeah. you, would you kind of work your way around a a piece of that or would you cut it into nice little slithers or? no i actually cut it in half and yeah. i then use my mandolin oh, yeah. and then i slice it into That's sort a piece of, of kitchen equipment for those of have that a are not kitchen snobs <laughs> <laughs> oh a mandolin yeah sorry it's not a guitar it's not a musical instrument um it's a it's a it's a potentially really dangerous instrument if you don't know how to use it properly and you can do a lot of damage to your fingertips 
as um, a mandolin can, but back not the fennel. Yes. And um, so I just, yeah, yeah, if I'm using it in a salad, yeah, and I've got a mandolin, I will um, like shave. It's almost shavings of of, yeah. um, of fennel okay. and I keep it, like I, I do it across. Yeah. Okay. Um, if I don't have a mandolin or I'm not feeling like using it, I just I just slice it with a knife. But your your um, early memory of eating that sort of dipped in olive oil, would mm. you then have it as a, just a stalk of fennel? Or yeah, yeah, like a stalk, okay. like a oh. bit of... Um, of carrot and yeah. I always knew it as finocchio which sounds like Pinocchio but it's finocchio yeah. which is the Italian fennel and it is that the Italian you know really Italians really like cooking with fennel as well as eating it raw yeah delicious um I know I certainly know it's, it's one of those sort of evocative type vegetables isn't it I think there's probably quite a bit of folklore about it I just had a bit of a poke around the um, community garden to see if I could see if anyone was growing it and I couldn't see if anyone was growing it and I also put out a a shout out on um, one of the Facebook sites, the Growswap Share site, to see if anybody would put their hand up for being a local grower, other than obviously Happy Farmer, uh, and nobody responded, which is which is fine. We often don't see these things or can't be bothered responding, but um, it is an interesting one because we also did talk to Rodney. Yeah, I did talk to Rodney, and um, we might actually have a listen to what Rodney says about fennel. Rodney is, um, of course, runs Happy Farm and he is the grower of the uh, long green, uh, young or long green fennel that I first saw at Food for Alice. I'm here speaking with Rodney Antelope, who's the Happy Farmer. Yeah. And we're here talking about fennel today. So, Rodney, I was at Food for Alice and I saw your beautiful fennel for sale last week. Yeah. And then I went to a fruit and veg shop and they had really big big fennel and I thought that they were two different varieties of fennel so I'd be really interested to know about what fennel you're growing and a bit more information about it. Yeah well as far as I know I'm, I'm growing the same one uh, the Florence Florence something fennel um, but yeah we just grow it really close a lot closer spacing and we grow it quicker so you cut it bring it to harvest in a quicker time and I've thought about growing out the fennel for the, the larger bulbs, but the, the other market gardeners I've spoken to found that it can be quite difficult to get it to that stage and you get much better product from the, the smaller one. They tend to be tastier and as a grower, it's uh, you get more bang for your buck for the space in the garden. One of the other things I really noticed is that when I buy your fennel, it's this whole beautiful plant with lots yep. of fronds on the end and the color of it is a lot greener than the supermarket fennel. Do you think its flavour is stronger, even though it's a it's a baby fennel? I think it, with it being a baby fennel, it's um, it's more likely to have more flavour, and also like depending on how they're growing the the alternatives, uh, a lot of non-organic products are just pumped full of water through the use of chemicals. So you might get a bigger fennel, but it's it's going to be diluted in its flavour because it's just essentially pumped full of water to make it look bigger and to weigh more. What we're trying to do here is to grow. The products that are really good to eat fresh and to eat and to eat the whole, the whole um, product. So, I've been thinking lately. We've just got carrots coming on as well, and just how do you use the whole um, part of the vegetable? Have you come up with any ways to eat <laughs> carrot leaves? Uh, I have just been told just to chuck it in a, in a soup, and actually that's my go-to now. It's like, uh, well, what do you do with that? It's like I oh, just chuck it in, chuck it in a soup. Yeah, the question about the fennel is. They often have the growers that aren't local are inhibited by the fact that they need to grow the crops in a certain way that are easily transportable and stored. So um, you can't store root crops or, or bulby type crops with their leaves on 
because they lose a lot of moisture and, and go off really quick. So that's the advantage of getting local produce is that you can get the whole product and get it fresh. And, and I mean, you'll know when, when, our, when ours are fresh, if, if they've still got the leaves on, they'll, they'll only have been picked a couple of days before. And same with the carrots. And then if we're going to store them for more than a couple of days before selling, we've got to trim or cut them off. So yeah, I've always looked at it and it's got this, I wonder if it's the same family as dill just because of the, the shape of the, the leaves. And, um. and well, I do interchange it. Like if I don't have dill, I will use fennel. It, and it's got a little bit of the same aniseedy flavor and I think yep. it, it does look very similar. It does look the same. It's probably, I mean, I'll have to go back and have a look, but it's probably from the same family. It's even like something I've learned since growing is, is just the link between parsley and carrots and that they're the same family. And if you look at the carrot top, it's quite similar to a parsley leaf. So I guess it's the same as the dill and the fennel. It's probably, it, that's what makes me think it's in the same family that um, just got that similar recognition. Um, and what about for the home gardener, like in terms of growing fennel, what suggestions would you make? Just give it some more space. So we, we've been growing it quite close in the garden, in, our, in the production um, garden. That's about 15 centimetres spacing. So they need much more space, probably 30 centimetres. Actually, we've just got a few in the garden there, home garden, and you can see they've bulbed up quite oh a bit Oh, yeah, more. they do. Look at that. That's and beautiful. That's quite space. different, yeah. So it's just about, yeah, it's about the spacing and, and then your timing. So we chuck stuff in the garden here that, that maybe hasn't had space in the garden at the back, and so, yeah, we just chucked a few in there, and then you forget about them, and then you look back a few months later and go, oh, beauty. And have you got any plans to harvest fennel seeds? Um, I did. Do, I did have plans for. I have occasionally thought I'll keep. I'll collect seeds for different crops, and I've just at the moment trying to stay clear of it, um, just because the time the time it takes to that you need to leave it in the ground to take any any um, plant to seed is quite significantly more. And what we're trying to do here is have really quick turnover of crops and and get as much um, out of a small space as possible. Well, thanks very much, Rodney. It's a pleasure. Thanks okay. for coming. See you later. Bye. Oh, it was so great going out there and seeing all of Rodney's beautiful vegetables. It is an inspiring thing, isn't it? It's in incredible, really, to think that we have that kind of market garden now in Alice Springs. Yeah, it's really great. Mm. If yeah. you haven't been out there, then go definitely go and check it out. Yeah, it's and it's actually got a little cool room, so you can go out there any time you want and actually just pick up your eggs or whatever you want. Out on Reganisi Road next to the Steiner School, so yeah. really just quite an incredible um, emerging business. Yep. Uh, a whole team of people slogging it out there in the bulldust and growing incredible fresh veggies. Yeah, so you yeah. can um, just have fresh fennel. I would highly recommend that. But I, it is really nice to cook with. And one of the things I find when I'm cooking with it is I really like to make sure it um, it caramelises because mm. it's just it sort of seems to have some sugar in it. And if you can cook it slowly enough to get that caramel on it, it's really nice. Okay. I'm trying to think. Um, I can't quite figure out what that would be like in my mouth, but perhaps you'll invite me around for dinner. Um, and look, a another way of cooking, which I haven't, but a, a friend of mine suggested it, which was um, you, I think you, you bake the fennel initially a little bit uh, with some salt. Then you pour cream over it and mm. uh, parmesan cheese and a little bit of garlic and then you bake that again. And I'm sure that tastes really yeah. amazing. Anything you could do that to a cardboard <laughs> box, couldn't you? <laughs> it and it would taste good. really good. <laughs> Yes. Well, these two fennels, the um, I guess it's probably like a 
cultivated type or I don't know what the right words are, but the, the you know more of your Adelaide market or supermarket type one is absolutely stunning and what you'd be used to seeing. But the um, the baby fennel f- um, from locally grown is is actually much more intense flavour. We did a little taste sample earlier yeah. over lunch, didn't we, Richard? Yeah. We've been talking fennel most of the day. Uh, and it definitely ha- does have a more intense flavour. So Sure, and certainly having those fronds means that you can actually chop them up as well and put yeah. them in a salad and really get some of that um, fennel flavour. Yeah, lovely, lovely. Now, the other part of the fennel I r- really, really like is um, fennel seeds. Yeah. Yes. Um, not just fennel seeds are, are really great in a tea. We've actually got a tea here which has got fennel fronds and fennel seeds and I've got a, a tea bag there which includes sweet fennel, fennel and fennel seeds. Yeah, I was thinking when I you showed me this tea bag and I said, what's it for? Is it a breath freshener? But no, you reminded me and I knew it somewhere way back in the recesses of my mind. I did know that from years ago that it's a... A digestive tonic, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's really good for digestion. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is why if you can, you can um, go into any. There are a few stores here in Alice Springs that um, sell Indian products, and you can buy these beautiful sugar-coated fennel seeds, which mm. I've got some here. They're like tiny little Easter eggs. Mm, they're stunning. I remember years back. I'm just going to try one right now. Sale. <laughs> In Afghan traders, and I'm pretty sure it had the, f- the fennel seed as a, as a plain thing plus a whole range of mixed colours of the sugar-coated ones. Just a beautiful-looking li- thing to have on your dinner, dinner table. And obviously, yeah, a lovely breath freshener. And um, I don't know, flavour, whatever you call it, palate cleanser perhaps? I don't know. So yeah. lots of things you can do with fennel. Fennel tea, um, just fennel. I like fennel in um, pork sausages. I'm always oh, looking yeah. out for an Italian pork sausage and if it says it has fennel in it, yum. I'm pretty much going to eat it, going to buy it. Yeah, yeah. yum, yum. Yep. Okay. Um, and the other thing that we didn't talk about, which is... Uh, and a sweet which is fennel and other medicinal culinary herbs. And I, um, you know, I, I reckon 20 years ago, there's no way you would have been able to buy absinthe in Alice Springs, but you can, in fact, buy absinthe now in Alice Springs. <laughs> Even in a... Tiny little bottle. A with a, and 50 it's, ml bottle. It's, and it's got a really beautiful natural coloured sort of look about it, it which does. is kind it of turquoise. Like it looks like a perfume, really. Oh, yeah. that. And does it taste like a perfume? What's that? thing a oh, listerine yeah mm. you need a yeah i think you need a license to buy that too so yeah, yeah. and there's a bit of a, did you find like out listerine. any um any of the sort of mysticism around no i didn't do my research Absolutely. i have to say that on air i didn't can, do my research but i'm pretty sure there is a whole lot of re, um you know mystic kind of associations with that absence absent, isn't there so yeah. people can kind of lose their minds perhaps or i'm not quite sure but <laughs> Uh, perhaps it's a good moment to say thanks for listening. Uh, just just to recap, this is Community Radio and um, we've got our learner plates on very much so this evening. We've got no, no support here in the studio, which is totally fine. We're having fun. Uh, thanks for listening. And this is 102.1 FM broadcasting in Alice Springs and Tennant Creek and uh, around the World Wide Webs, of course. Uh, and if you want to connect with Community Radio, then you can connect via Facebook, which um, Rita set up a Kitchen Radio. For Kitchen Radio, yep. We've Facebook got a group site. and we've got a page. Yes. Please like us. Yeah, I have been starting to. Do you that. like us? Like, you can like us on Facebook too. <laughs> Put a thumbs down. Uh, and certainly, you know, the whole the whole point, or at least as far as my interest in being involved, is having a look at what's growing, what's growing locally, and what to do with it. Get excited about the food that we can and do grow here locally in Alice Springs and Tennant Creek. Shout out to you guys up there. Apologies for that. We haven't really done that yet, but um, yeah, there's lots coming up in season that uh, we're yet to decide on. Will we do some spoiler? 
moments yeah. on air? Could we? Is this part yeah. of the recipe? Well, certainly I know that Kwandongs are starting to hit the, um, you know, hit their redness. Uh, mulberries are not too far behind. Um, and um, snow peas are actually really good at the moment. Snow peas and are only absolute. for a few more weeks. So yeah. who knows, snow peas might make their appearance on our show. Snow peas hopefully can do a good long, a good long fruiting. I mean long as in, you know, a month or so. But asparagus also is, is pushing it up. We were talking earlier about asparagus yeah. pushing its way up, like growing inches overnight. Yep. And, uh, the most incredible and delicious thing. Each week down at Food for Alice there's just been a few bunches. Um, so if you get your timing right, which is normally around 9am when they open, 90 Gap Road, just get that plug in there, the last the last thing. Um, every Saturday morning, 9 till 11, uh, is Food for Alice, the, fa- the uh, farmer's market, I guess you'd say, here in Alice Springs. Uh, and every week there's been, you know, two or three bunches of asparagus, which of course go like hot cakes, as the expression goes. But um, uh, certainly I'm sure there are other people growing sure. it in town. We'd love to hear from you. Sure. And I've got some stories there, but I'm going to hold on to my yeah. stories yeah. until um, another episode of Kitchen Radio. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, we're going to go out tonight with Beth Orton singing Absinthe. And cheers, Rita. <laughs> <laughs>